Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm I'm your host, Reverend Walden. Happy, happy New Year to everyone. I was off for two weeks uh, for Christmas uh, and New Year, and I had a lovely birthday in between that time. Uh, And so the first uh, segment I'm going to probably be by, I'm going to be talking about my son, Hiram, Memories of Hiram. Uh, He passed away uh, uh, 18 years ago, uh, the day after my birthday. Uh, And so everybody knows that I love a birthday. Uh, and so, uh, anyway, uh, his name was Hiram Salisbury, Hiram Clark Salisbury. Um, he was born in um, October 23rd, uh, 1967. And he passed 2005, uh, 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 January 5th, 2005. So, yeah. And um, anyway, I'm just going to give some reflections of Hiram uh, as a mother. Uh, and, you know, nobody wants to be in that club. And then after what, you know, and then later I have two guests coming on. That is Victoria Beach. Uh, she's going to talk about that trip to Israel and how it relates to her work that she's doing here in Seattle. Uh, she's chair of the African-American advisory to the um, to, to the police, uh, uh, to, to the police chief. And uh, done, she's does, she does a lot of good work in the community. She was also at, some, at a retreat yesterday for leadership. Uh, and I uh, I was that, uh, I, I chaired that. I chaired that committee uh, uh, for six years um, when Norm Stamper was uh, was the police chief, and actually he's the one who started uh, uh, that whole idea about having uh, advisories from different communities. And African American advisor was the first one. So, anyway, uh, and as people say, I'm the history keeper. So let's just go right into it and talk just a little bit about Hiram, because um, anyway, I think in a few minutes I might even take a break to get one of his songs. That he loved Patti LaBelle. And Luther Vandroff, he did, uh, uh, and also uh, Donnie McCurk. And so, uh, so anyway, uh, we moved here in uh, 1975, uh, and I with uh, with the my youngest, he was uh, uh, he was six months old, and uh, and Hiram, I, I was called him. Hiram, Hiram just took care of him. I mean, he was uh, he was his favorite. I mean, uh, I had four boys, and uh, it was Hiram, Chikundi, Tundi, and Omai. Uh, and Hiram uh, was the oldest. Chikundi and Tundi is two years and two days apart, one in 70 and uh, 72. And Omai is the youngest. And so everybody probably might know, might have heard of Omai Salisbury and Coverage Media. Uh, and uh, Chikundi Salisbury, he ran for the 37th uh, 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 representative uh, uh, two years ago. Uh, and then he was not elected, but uh, also he works for the city, parts, been there over 25 years. Uh, and he's a DJ, so uh, they both, uh, and Tunde, my third son, uh, is an optician because he worked with me uh, when I had my uh, optical business, and um, and he's um, a master optician, so uh, he absolutely is a great optician, can absolutely put, fit you with a style that was going to really enhance your face, enhance your face, and you're going to have good lenses because he's a master at what he does. Uh, he followed in my footsteps as part of being an optician. So um, Hiram, I absolutely loved his brothers. And one of the things he liked to do was to cook fried fry bread. I don't know who taught Hiram how to cook fried bread because I don't quite remember uh, teaching Hiram how to cook fried fry bread, but uh, somebody did. And so he used to love to do that. And um, and if you have four boys, when well, you let one of, those, uh, one of the older boys probably trained uh, the other boys. And, and so Hiram did that for, uh, for, uh, for my uh, and also for my son, for his nephew. Uh, and, and Hiram, yeah, and one thing about Hiram is that uh, he lived his whole life out there. Uh, he came out of the closet early on in the 80s uh, as, a, as a gay young man. 
and, and uh, Seattle was not uh, pleasant to, uh, to gay people at that time. Might not be in some areas today, but it's pretty rough. Uh, and so, uh, but uh, he stood his ground and uh, he was uh, who he wanted to be. Um, and, uh, and we took a lot of uh, young men, uh, high school boys who got kicked out of their home because, uh, because they, they mothers and their father, their family did not agree with the lifestyle. So I never would knew I never would know who would be in my home uh, uh, when I come there, and then and then people would see me up on Broadway and they say, "Oh, that's Hiram's mom," because my home was always an open and friendly place. And then we had a plaque on our door said, "We welcome all people from all nationalities, all the uh, all, all the religions, and all the sexual orientation." And that was in the '80s, so we were really ahead of our time uh, uh, as um, uh, being. Um, being being a family that really did uh really did I, I seen Miss Beatrice here so hey she might want to join a little early if she wants to she can she can do that but um <laughs> so anyway with Hiram you know he just he just was a friendly guy oh Hiram could clean up you know Hiram liked to clean and you know you know I'm just not that kind of person you know it's like okay I could do a lot of other stuff with my time my grandmother tried to domesticate me. I always said I was going to marry a rich man, but uh, I didn't. <laughs> but uh, I had four children, and so each child had a bedroom, had a room to clean. <laughs> so it was easy for me. Oh, and I didn't, uh, I, Hiram used to love to cook. He did. And um, and he would, um, and I didn't put away groceries. I, you know, I, I didn't wash dishes. You know, I was a kept woman. They took out the trash. All I did was come home. <laughs> Uh, and helped with homework uh, after my husband and I separated Mr. Salisbury. We moved here in 1975 to start a business. Salisbury Photography, and then it, over time we uh, we divorced. Uh, and so I've been, uh, I was a divorced mother uh, with four boys. And um, so Hiram was helper. He loved to help. He loved to help. He loved to help. And then we wound up at Unity Church. And uh, and uh, and we that's where we were raised at. I raised up my children in Unity Church in a place where well, uh, you know, people believe that God is uh, God is all there is, and, and that wherever you go, God is, and love is everywhere. Also, but let's just take a break right now, and we bring the speech on if she wants to add to this conversation. Uh, and uh, and uh, we're gonna just play one of Hiram's songs as we take a break. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on eleven fifty a.m. Kick in W. Remembering Hiram right now. Thank you. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com today. The life of every child is precious beyond measure. If you care for a child with a disability and have limited income and resources, help is available. Children with a physical or mental disability or who are blind may qualify for monthly cash payments through the Supplemental Security Income Program, or SSI. The program provides help to meet basic needs for food, clothing, or a place to live and disability-related needs. It's money that can make a meaningful difference. If you're the parent or caregiver of a child or teenager you think may be eligible, call Social Security at 1-800-772-1213 or visit ssa.gov slash SSI Kids to learn how to apply today. 
That's ssa.gov slash ssikids. It's real help for the children. Message produced by Social Security at U.S. taxpayer expense. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Entron, inviting you to tune in on Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K's Attuning to Your Abundance where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. For more information, contact drkworkshops at gmail.com or Facebook, Dr. K's Abundance. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show at 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host. Reverend Walden, and that was one of my son's favorite songs. Uh, he is uh, in spirit. He passed away 2005 on, uh, on the day after my birthday, January 4th. Uh, and uh, Miss uh, Miss Vicky Beach is also uh, uh, in here now. I mean, she's gonna she's in a little early. She's in the next segment, but she's early, and that's good. Um, on January 1st, uh, 2005, my son Hiram was up at Harborview. Uh, and uh, he was ill. I mean, he was ill with what some of those diseases that was going around that people say that was God's punishment. But we know that God is the God of love, not a punishment. And so um, so anyway, he told the nurse that he's going to have a gift for me when he passes over. So I said, Hiram, pass it over. He never talked about leaving here. I said, so let me go in here. And I said, Hiram, I sent him a telepathic message because we can do that. And uh, I said, Hiram, I say, the nurse said, you're going to have a gift for me in your Passover. I said, I don't know what it is. We ain't got no big insurance policy. So I, was there. <laughs> so, I don't know what the gift is. And so I said, but Hiram, I said, I'm sorry. You, know, you don't want to you don't be here to give me a glass of water when I'm 85. I said, but son, if you want to go on, I said, Mama, we're really sure that you go. I said, but you know how much I love my birthday. So Mama, I'm going to ask you to do a favor. I'm going to ask you to either, leave, uh, either go before my birthday after my birthday. So he died the day after my birthday. And about six weeks later, after Hiram had gone, my doorbell rang. I went there and there was nobody there. And I said, oh, okay, Hiram, you may never ring my doorbell. You may never walk up my steps. You will never open up my cabinets, but you can ride in my car. And sometimes I'd get in my car and my step, the front seat would be uh, empty, but the seat belt sign would be on and it'd be flashing. And I said, oh, Oh, Hiram, I guess you want to ride today so you can ride in my car. So uh, anyway, you know, I believe that, you know, it's life after life and that they just beyond view. And I, I think that if we understood that, uh, that there, are, there are ancestors and, you know, they never go away. The people you love never go away. It's never, never go away. And so he loved those songs. <laughs> he loved, he loved Patti LaBelle. You know? <laughs> he really did. So anyway, um, we will, um, we just send him lots of love. And he's high maintenance. He was a Scorpio. For all you Scorpios out there, I know you're high maintenance. Okay. You just said line <laughs> with them Leos. Okay. <laughs> high maintenance, you know, always want somebody talking about you. So, hey, so he's getting his high maintenance today. I see he's on the welcome wagon. I mean, on the other side, because people, when people pass away, I saw Hiram is out there. He's welcoming people on to all that love because this is our love. I mean, people who leave here not believing that they love. They, they are absolutely are, are caressed in love on the other side of the veil. So uh, anyway, but you already here, Miss Beach. So, hey, we welcome you. you here for our, 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 our you know, our, our, our segment for you. Um, 
But uh, we're gonna just take just another little break because we got that, uh, we got that, uh, we got that other song in. I think it's Luther's song, and he was crazy about Luther. <laughs> so you listen to the Mother Justice Show at eleven fifty a.m. KKNW. Uh, we'll be right back. I'm your host. <laughs> Good afternoon. We're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 11.50 a.m. KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. Thank you for being listening to the show. I want to thank Eric. He's our, he's our, our studio manager, and he always makes magic with music. Thank you. And right now, I'm going to bring on I, 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 my next guest for this segment. This is Ms. Victoria Beach. She's a world traveler now. But uh, just one little minute, bro. I just want to give Luth a little plug, because I was Hiram's guy, you know, I mean, you know, and also Donnie McCurkin, but Loved himself some Luther. Luther came to town and uh, he got tickets and gave myself and Janice Bell those tickets. <laughs> so we went to see Luther. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. That was years ago. But um, you know what I'm, you know what I'm glad about. I'm glad about that. I was high. I had the privilege of being with Hiram when he took his first press and when he took his last press. That's a great privilege for a mother. Mm-hmm. You didn't get. A, I didn't get a phone call. I didn't have to go to the mall. I didn't have to rush to the hospital. I was with them. Mm-hmm. So that's just, that's just a joy. Even though it's a, it's a bittersweet joy, but it, it gives you a different kind of place to be than mothers who get another kind of call. Right. Mothers who get another kind of call. Or they don't get there in time. Well, the last time they saw them, you know, they were going to the store. And their children met with an accident or incident and they didn't come home again. So anyway, but this is this is a great show. We're not, you know, we just we're just talking about somebody that we love. And you know, love is forever. So hey, Miss Beach, come on and talk about your trip and all this world traveling you've been doing. Victoria Beach, introduce yourself and what you do for the community. And now you're world's traveler. She got a passport, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm uh, Victoria Beach and I chair the African American Community Advisory Council. Uh, for SPD, and I also uh, am helping with um, a new training they have before the badge. Yeah. I have my hand in a lot of stuff. But you know what? First, can I say, I want to thank you for sharing Hiram with us. I I, I, I never met him, but I feel like I know him yeah. through his mother. And, and um, thank you. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for listening and being part of, part of this. You know, I mean, I think yeah. that... Um, a lot of people in, in the eighties were ashamed that their children might not have been the same as everybody else. And uh, yeah. and Hiram was my greatest teacher, so uh, mm-hmm. he taught me a lot. So I I, uh, I understand what love is, and so yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And, um, and we can teach love. I'll talk about teaching love on my other segment, but uh, mm-hmm. so yeah. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I um I was invited by uh, um the Israeli government to come to Israel. And when um, I was asked, uh, I didn't, I didn't read the email clearly. And I thought I was going to New York until they said your passport in Israel. And I was like, wait a minute, what? And um, they were like, no. And I had like eight days to prepare and get ready. My passport had expired. So they had to expedite it. And I saw God's hand in all of this. And, um, you know, growing up, I always said I would never go near the Middle East, ever. I would never go to Israel. And um, a, a fear 
of the unknown. And, and uh, it really showed me you shouldn't say stuff like that if you really don't know, because I thought it was, you know, dirt roads and everybody had weapons and it was, they're like us. I mean, Tel Aviv is a city. I mean, I felt like I was in California, but it was a life-changing experience. And um, what an honor to be asked to come to their country. And they uh, there were 14 of us, all African-Americans. And um, it's to build better relationships. You know, they want African-Americans to come to their country. And um, we were treated, oh, just, it was unbelievable the treatment they gave us. And um, it, it was it just, I, I, I feel like I came back a different person. I'm glad you, you could go to that, uh, to, to, the, to the Holy Land. I mean, uh, you know, at one time, the people that looked at occupying the land today were the different kinds of people, you know, the, it was, mm -hmm. the Africans was there. Uh, and um, and a lot of the African Americans are you know are more sympathetic to the uh, to the Palestine people. So I see why they want to build a better relationship with the African American community because um, we see them as being oppressed, and they they were on that land two thousand years ago also. So anyway, yes, but, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, that that was that was one disappointment. There is we we didn't get to to meet with the Palestinians, and right. um, and I. We're going to have a follow. We did have a follow-up meeting, but we're going to have another one. And I'm going to suggest that they get somebody um, from the Palestinian side to to bring us over. They may not be able to go on that side, but we can, so that we can experience time with them also. Right. You know, and and that yeah. that that will make a better relationship. I think so too. I mean, but I'm glad you went because that. Uh, to go to the places where, uh, where, where, you know, they said Jesus was born at and, oh. and all of that, uh, and all of that. And you go to all, you went to all those places. Um, and um, I'm sure it was Americans there because Americans come over there for Christmas because they want to be at Bethlehem. They want to be near the place where Jesus was supposed to have been born and, and the stable and all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was so amazing. I met so many Americans that lived there. Oh really? Okay. Yes, they they love it, and um, I, I was I was blown away, and and I even said, God, I think I could live here if I wasn't so far. But um, yeah, walking on the path that Jesus walked, I mean, I get chills. You know, we even got to see the stone that he rolled back, and mm -hmm. um, and and got to touch it, and wow. um. I mean, it, it did make you cry. It made the Bible come to life to me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, walking the path that he carried his cross for us. Right. Um, floating in the Dead Sea. Oh, that was, that was something, you know? If you can't swim. You can float. <laughs> yes. You know, it, it's, uh, I don't want to give it away, but I told you I have some treats for you. And um, that's okay. part of it. <laughs> Yeah, um, but um, amazing. It was it was just amazing. We went to where Jesus fed the five thousands with the fish and and uh and the loaves, the loaves, and um, yeah, it, it was very interesting. Um, 
God, there, there's just, I mean, I could go on and on. One thing, though, that, that it was hard for me to deal with was the Orthodox Jews. You know, I was told that they don't like African-Americans. They really don't like anybody who's not like them. And watching them pray, and I thought, here you're praying, and you're so dedicated. You read, and you're praying constantly, but you have hate in your heart. And you live in the Holy Land. You know, it was it was just odd to me about that. Um, but it's I was, amazing they would they would not like the first people that was ever made. I mean, you know, it's been it's, right. been, it's been demonstrated now. You know, the anthropologists and all these scientists have said that uh, you know who we are and our first people to walk upright on on, on the world was the African people. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Um, that that was eye opening, but everybody there besides them just treated us with so much respect. I mean, it it was uh, you know I didn't know what to expect there, and um, the food was amazing. I I should have gained a lot of weight, but we walked a lot, so I didn't gain a pound. I actually lost weight. But um, I, I'm I, glad you were able to walk around, and you did. You had your cute little sandals on because it was warm. Now was it warm? Yeah, it wasn't hot. It was comfortable. It, oh, it comfortable. was okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I had to buy the sandals because um, Alaska Airlines uh, lost my luggage. I didn't get my luggage till the day I got back to Seattle. But um, so yeah. I, I guess I guess the road to uh, having a good time was kind of bumpy. But uh, but. The, but but I made it work. Well, I should say the Lord made it work. I mean, I felt like, you know, I enjoyed it and I made the best of it with with the few clothes I did have. <laughs> but, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, what kind of food did they? What kind of what kind of cuisine oh, did you eat? Well, we had a lot of hummus stuff like like that, and and uh, um, lamb. Uh, fish and chicken, uh, olives. Um, the food was just amazing. I mean, and and it would kept coming and coming. You know, you we would be at um, these different restaurants, and you would think, mm-hmm. um, "Oh, I'm stuffed," and they were like, "Well, that's not even the main course yet." Uh, it was. Uh, is it um, tapas? Tapas. The olives, you know, the 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 um, uh, crunched up olives and okay, and um, olive oil. I mean, oh, oh yeah, I bet you had the best olive oil. Oh my gosh! And and I knew it. I thought I'm gonna crave this food when I when I get. <laughs> and um, I yeah, I've never had the hummus, um, like that. It was there and and um. Yeah, it was just amazing. All different types of cheese and, um, you know, and, and the meeting we had last week, they talked about bringing us back. So, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so, so did you go to like the, like a presentations? Did they have presentations oh, yeah. for you every, to talk every what day. they wanted to present? Okay. okay. Every day. So like our um, um, Senate, you know, when 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 they're on the floor um and and council we went to theirs it's called uh, uh connect connects or something like that yes yeah 
-hmm. went to that and um, tight security. We had to go through three different checkpoints. Oh, yeah. And they have guns everywhere, too. Yeah. Don't they? Yeah. And they yeah. are put in all those places. Yeah. But, but the other thing I, I think of, you know, when I think about Israel also is that they don't have a form of government. They have they have a parliamentary procedure. So so they can they they can have a new vote of confidence and have a vote to be able to uh, replace people. I mean, right. they're not stuck for four years like we are here. So, uh, right. You know, this right. system is like is like the uh, like Canada's system, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and then they have to form part they have to form partnerships with their government. Yeah. With the elected people too. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's that's right. We mm -hmm. also met with two different uh mayors. Mm -hmm. Um actually the, the one of the uh mayors was a, a woman and she had just come back from New York. Oh, okay. Um yeah, we, we, we did a lot with, with, with their government and um gosh, it it, it was I, I feel honored and blessed. It, it's like who gets called in, in like eight days you're going to, to Israel, you know, get it, it was just uh and, and I told and you got five you got you got five nights over there, five days of yeah, yeah. Know, so you had a vacation. I mean, you know, I mean oh, it was, it was, all, yeah. you know what? I didn't realize that I needed it. I did not realize <laughs> that I needed, even though it was a lot of work. It was I just felt that peace, and um, I was so happy for you, though. You know, I mean, just to go somewhere that that that, that uh, you being uh, taken care of uh, in a good way, you don't have to worry about nothing, and you get ready to check out. It's no bill for you, right? You know? <laughs> right. It's um, and and we stayed. They said you're going to stay in five star hotels, and we did, and. Uh, yeah, well, that, it couldn't happen to nicer people. And so you met more black people. Now you met yes. you got some people, you got a network of people across the country. Yep. And we all had the same stories that how we never thought about going to Israel. And we had, it was last minute. And here we are, you know, and um, lifelong friends. Well, now we call each other family. And, and well, we, that's good. Yeah. It's uh, what okay. an amazing opportunity. Well, all the people doing police accountability work like you're doing, I mean, a police side working to build better partnerships and relationships in the community or was some of them, all of them related to that kind of work? Um, some, not really. And and I was nervous when, when I said what I did because I thought, oh, are they going to, they all embraced me and they were all interested. And I have to say, one was a mayor and I get it wrong every time on the East Coast. I can't remember and he knew people here in Seattle that I know. But, oh, wow. Isn't that wonderful? And, and actually, all of us ended up knowing we were all like from Chicago, Florida, New York, uh, California. And we all ended up knowing certain people, connections. But um, they were all interested in, in Seattle and in, in what we're doing with our police department. Um, but... but uh, a lot of them, okay, was they had PhDs, you know, they and and CEOs, and I thought, oh, what am I doing in this group, and and I said that one time, and they were like, you should never say that because we're not any better than 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 you are, right, and, right, right, right. The way they they made me feel, and and uh, and we worked together. There was no egos, nothing, you know. So, wow. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. Yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, and just give it like two more minutes here because Mr. Wyatt's here now. But give us about two more minutes about what happened yesterday, if you could talk about the where you went yesterday. 
Uh, well, well, actually, it started Friday. I oh, would, okay. I, I was invited to a um, Seattle leadership retreat okay. and um, on homelessness and addiction. And so there's a book that that I'm in called San Francisco. And um, okay. the author came to Seattle and he was a big part of it. Oh, and okay. We were from all over again, um, okay. even Canada. And so we're, we're forming a, a coalition. And um, okay. yeah. Okay, it's so, about homelessness though? About, about, about that issue? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, you just, you just a girl around town and uh, you know, you would, before the badge was a good program. I'm glad the chief uh, Adrian Dias, uh, he's not interim anymore. He's chief. Yeah. I'm glad that that, that that was part of his initiation to be able to, yep. you know, he, he kept moving uh, toward this job uh, and creating new uh, uh, ideas and beyond. Before the badge is a real good program. And, I, and I'm and i so glad that you were part of that also and uh, to have passed the drink. So this is good. Well, thank you. And um, you are too. <laughs> well, I, I, I go, yeah, you're right. I am. But thank you for that. <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you, uh, 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 Ms. Beach, for being on and always saying yes, and uh, we'll be talking to you real soon. All right, thank, thank you. you. All right, love you, love you okay. too. Thank you, thank you. Uh -huh. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 11:50 a.m. KKNW, and I. This is Reverend Walden. We're gonna take a break, and we'll be right back. Thank you. <laughs> the Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for wisdom and wellness with Reverend Walden a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com today. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. And we're actually remembering Hiram today. And uh, Luther was one of his guys. He loved Luther. And uh, we've had Patty on and a little bit of uh, uh, Donnie McCurkin. And so we're going to bring Mr. Ryan on. Haven't seen you since last year, bud. How you doing? <laughs> I'm just glad to be here for another year, Reverend Harriet. Just glad oh, to be yeah. here. Yeah. And it is. It is. It is. It's good to be in a new year, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, and, good, it's good to understand that um, life is precious. Yeah, I mean, and, sometimes you got to get to 50 and, you know, get that half a century in there. But it is precious, and I'm glad that you're here. So, hey, what's up, her? What's up, her? Well, right now, the, the Martin Luther King uh, uh, events uh, that are happening everywhere, uh, I know that uh, I'm going to be uh, speaking with uh, Reverend Dr. J.J. Youngblood on the 15th. Okay. Uh, there's the Opportunity Fair, workshops, rally in March on the 16th at Garfield. Okay. Uh, folks can go online and get that information at uh, SeattleMLKCoalition.org if you want to want to volunteer or just be involved. And uh, it's my understanding there's about over 50 different organizations, government agencies that will be there for the, uh, uh, the Opportunity Fair. And oh, I know the last time we had an in-person uh, event, uh, quite a few people got job offers and a lot of folks got hired right on the spot. So wow. we came, came about five years ago. We said, you know, uh, we need to get people to come and they're going to have, have a good time. They're going to get educated, but they need to leave with more than that for the rest of the year. So we can't yeah. decide to, have to, uh, to bring the jobs to the event and to the people. 
And so in addition to just having the employers from agencies and or uh, companies and stuff, there's also uh, supportive services like uh, folks that have their resumes enhanced, not embellished like Mr. Santos in California, <laughs> but, but enhanced in a proper fashion. Because uh, if you have them right on your uh, iPhone and you can go right around to those employers and give them your resume right there. And then we had quite a few people who got interviews after the fact. I have to check with uh, uh, Christina Van Middlesworth and John Bershia, the co-chairs of the event, to find out how we did the last time we had a live event. But we were look, really looking forward to this year. That starts from 8.30 to 11.30 in the Commons at Garfield. And uh, as a matter of fact, some of the workshops are going to be online. For example, uh, tomorrow at 5.30, Larry Goss's workshop will be online. This, we're dealing with reparations. Okay. Uh, he's been designated by uh, Dr. Ron Daniels, who is a national chair of the of the Reparations Association of America. Yeah, I know Ron. I met him okay. many, so, many years uh, he, ago. Mm -hmm. Larry is the organizer for King County, and uh, they'll be having a workshops. There'll be several workshops that will be virtual. So if people go to CLMLK.org, they can find out when the workshops are coming. I know Larry's is tomorrow at 530. There are others that will be prior to uh, the event. And then on, I think, uh, Saturday, Friday or Saturday, I have to I'll get this right, there's going to be a, a, a workshop on the Prisoners Caucus and what's happening with uh, incarceration. You might have seen stories recently about uh, uh, people being detained or convicted from crimes who have serious social, uh, psychological issues. And they're saying now to put these people in these uh, uh, little uh, confined places with psychological issues is not helping them at all. So uh, they're talking about doing something more extensive in terms of having treatment. We should treat all Americans with any illness. We should have enough money to t deal with that. But if uh, folks don't want to put people in homes, and that's a, another situation uh, to have. Uh, I used to talk to Congressman Adam Smith, and he shared the House Armed Services Committee. I said, you got a, a budget for $780 billion to kill people. If we took 10% of seven, uh, that $78 billion, we could house every homeless person in America and also create some jobs while we're doing it. So uh, looking at this new Congress, uh, there are going to be some serious challenges. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, the, the the Matt Gateses and uh, all these other far-right people have come up and they've negotiated with, with uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy to be in charge of some committees that can be do this uh, country some damage. But fortunately, we do have the administration and also the Senate to balance that. But uh, these folks are way out there. Uh, the same po folks who were supporting uh, January 6th last year. Uh, these are the same people that would, would but th these are the same people who would have fought in the Confederate. It, I mean, exactly. They, There's no question about that, it. Well, they, 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 they did the have Confederate flags on January 6th, 2021. You do yeah, recall. That's who they are. Confederate That's flags along with mm -hmm, Donald Trump mm -hmm. flags and then using American flagpoles to beat uh, officers of the law. And so these folks claim that they, they are uh, a law and order people, but they're law and disorder when it comes down to their politics. So, well, uh, But I, also, you know, that we, we lost more soldiers in the Civil War than we've lost in any other war. You know, I mean, they would kill one another. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, very true. Yeah, so it's a, it's in the history of American fabric. It's in the history of who who this country is. You know, I mean that that's the mythology they can't hide. <laughs> oh no, I mean uh, the record speaks for itself. It's like yeah, I'm really happy to see as tragic as as Rosewood was, 
for that to be coming back to light again, because that's what the right wingers are saying. Uh, if you talk about Black history and uh, in, in the proper, uh, and I, uh, put it in the proper perspective about how brutal it was for Black folks, then uh, yeah, you're teaching critical race theory. No, that's the but, truth about American history. And Black I grew up in Florida. And nobody history. knew about Rosewood in 1963 when I grew up. When I graduated from Coombs Academy, Coombs Academy, uh, it was nobody knew about Rosewood. Uh, people in Florida did not know about it until it surfaced a few years that uh, a few years ago when it surfaced. So yeah. And then yeah. I sent you that other article about the, the in 1920 when the black that's right that's the, right the that's right the one in Orlando uh, and, uh, in and they burned down a whole a whole mm -hmm. black uh, community and to and and the thing about it is each time they did that they took the land so well, we well, talked about reparations the of the land. Well, how do you know because we know what black folks own land and and what, what they took their land when they burned them out and ran them off and any excuse was a good excuse like uh, uh, the lady accusing. The elevator operator in Wall, uh, Blackwell, Wall Street, in in uh, Greenwood, uh, uh, completely fabricated. I mean, you know, and then later on in '54, the death of Emma Till. They didn't burn down everything, but during that whole struggle for civil rights, a lot of people got beat up, a lot of people got killed, and we don't know how many people were displaced from their property. So we started talking about reparations. Now we have to talk about. Black Wall Street. We got to talk about Rosewood. We got to talk about these other things that have been kept undercover and didn't want the public to know about because it's critical race theory for them. And you tell the truth about the trials and tribulations and the massacre of black folks and the deprivation and land grabbing, taking black folks' land. That, that's not critical race theory. That is true American history. And uh, well, I think so, that's going to be a fight that we're going to have to keep trying to tell our story. And uh, you know what? And then they make sure our children know the history. I mean, we have to make sure that our children know the history and know so they so they won't be hoodwinked uh, uh, as they grow up and grow forward. So you're right about all of that. Uh, uh, and then, but you know, my my town, Sanford, uh, Goldsboro, was the second oldest black township in America, founded in December first, eighteen ninety one. Is where I was raised at, and okay. they've never complicated uh, uh, the, the the land is still there. But what's going to take the land now is that they, you know, once they took to, to down all the housing projects in America, uh, what they're doing is that they're giving land to the developers like they did here in Seattle. So that might be a way that we lose some of Goldsboro, but some of that land might go to the developers. And we know who have the money for developers. But uh, up until they tore down all those housing, the few housing projects that was in, each community had one, the white community and the black community. But uh, all of that's going to go to the developers. And, you know, Clinton did that. So, <laughs> you know. Well, the thing is, is that um, uh, that we, uh, part of the whole discussion about reparations, how much is it going to cost? No, some land has to be included in reparations as well. Oh, I agree. I'll because agree. we lost I'll that agree. land. That's right. And then that's the, right. the, from 1917 to 1923 is when they had uh, uh, the white riots attacking Black folks uh, all across the country, including Chicago. All, right. all, all, all right. the way down south. So, I mean, That's it was right. like um, uh, my uh, great uncle when I was about six or seven years old, he was in World War One, and yeah. he was telling me about when folks, and even, even during World War Two, they would come back to remote areas, just finished uh, serving the country, and uh, they'd be at a bus stop or something, and some, uh, a, a group of uh, drunk white guys get out and beat them up. And they right. just served the country, you know. <laughs> 
And I just said, it's just too bad they wouldn't let them bring them guns home with them because they need them here more than they need them anywhere else. Yeah. And we have you a know, serious problem right now about having black men and women in the military all around the world fighting for someone else's freedom, and their people don't have a right to vote right here. So our you know, enemies are, right with all of that. Our really enemies are domestic. They are right here. Here, and we that's have to true. fight right here. So that's right. Uh, I that's know, right, I, right. But we only got a few more minutes, and I want you okay. to tell people how long uh, uh, the uh, Martin Luther King event has been going on in America compared to a lot of other places, because I think we got some history here to stand on. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, in 1983, we had the first march in Seattle from uh, Empire Way and, Mad uh, and Madison Street all the way to South Ryan, where it, the city limits cut off. And uh, we had the first march to protest the city of Seattle and Charles Royer not putting up the street signs on Martin Luther King Way and also demanding that Dr. King's birthday be a national holiday. That was January, January 83. November 2nd, 83, Ronald Reagan proclaimed the third Monday of uh, 86 to be the first official Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Four weeks later, the, the Washington State Supreme Court ruled the city of Seattle had the authority to change the name of Empire Way to Martin Luther King Jr. Way. Yeah. They didn't want to change because Empire Way was Highway 900, which That's meant right. the street, street signs have to go up on the freeway. That's the short end of it. Well, I tell you what, it's a history that I think of people, because one of the things we have to understand, like you was talking about the history of the violence and this stuff, we have to tell the history of what, 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 what our, our wins have been and how we kept going. And this is a, this is this is something that's important. Our kids to know that we've been doing this in Seattle long before it was a holiday, and people like yourself was involved in it, uh, and you're still involved in it. And you got you know the younger people that are up there helping with that. But that's history. Our children need to know history that we didn't just we 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 have a whole we have a whole we have a whole stack of boxes of history that we need to be telling our children. And that's what you all are doing up there. And appreciate you uh, doing that work and all the other work that you're doing. I um, appreciate you coming on because I know you had went somewhere to have lunch. So so you don't have to cook today. It's not right now. <laughs> you, you, you're kind of full. You went to someplace. Where did you have lunch at? Oh, we were at the Blue Water. But I have some ribs from Bishop Dokes that my <laughs> sister and her husband are spending the night before they leave town tomorrow. So we'll okay. be having some of Bishop Dokes' ribs. But I also want to say that we have the only municipality named for Martin Luther King Jr. in That's the right. country. Up here right. in the Pacific Northwest, we live in Martin Luther King Jr. County yeah. if you live in Seattle. And that was a fight. Or, and you, or federal way. That. Or Auburn. Right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, All right. Thank you for coming on. Okay. And okay. Good to seeing you, Ms. Victoria. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. We're going to take a break right now and come back and talk about Hiram. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. If you missed it, you can catch our podcast. Thank you. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com healing.com today easy on the ears good for the soul alternative talk 1150 <clears throat> good afternoon you're listening to the mother's justice show on 1150 a.m kknw i'm your host it's my joy to be on the air and this is a tribute to my son hiram uh he passed away 2005 you know no matter how long that's been uh he's still here with us and i miss beach is still on so i uh, uh, thank you for staying on here uh you know and he liked that song 
That song is a redemption song. That song is a love song. And um, we believe in redemption as black people. I mean, you know, other people, they, they could give lip service to this, but we've had to live our life this way. In my family, we had no thrown away people. We always say the Salisbury took a, take, uh, take a licking, but we keep on ticking, <laughs> like time nuts. And you know what? I'm a proud mother of boys. I always wanted boys, and I'm a boy mama. Wherever I'm at, I'm holding court with boys or men. I don't, they ain't mine, but everybody, you know. And so it's just in the aura. But Hiram, I'm gonna just talk a little bit about Hiram. We don't have much time, but you know he's high maintenance. But uh, <laughs> Hiram was my greatest teacher. I can say he lived his whole life out of his game. Um, and um, he taught me that he really taught me deep unconditional love. I mean, because I, you know, I was down south, I was raised, you know, conservative. I mean, not conservative like these people, but you know, conservative values that relate to the black community. And uh, one of the things that I, I know for sure is that if I had not had friends, I did have a, a friend in my life when I was a teenager that went to school with me and he also used to come to my house and sew my sewing machine. And I would tell my grandmother, oh no, it's Sunny is a girl. And then other people say, it's not a girl, but I told mommy, she had the cataracts. <laughs> she couldn't see good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Sunny would come and sew. But um, it's like, what mother wouldn't love her children? You know, it's like, man, did I, so Hiram taught me a deeper lesson in love because um, one of the things he taught me was that um, another deeper level of unconditional love. But you know, I, I was I was really concerned about same sex um, adoption. I really was. I was really. I said I said I don't think I believe in that. I said you know what? You know I don't think I believe in that. Hiram and he says he says Mom, I'm ashamed of you. He said shame on you, Mama. He said would you rather have children? lingering uh, uh, around in foster care from time, all these places and spend all their life in foster care, would you like to see them in a loving home? He said, I'm shaming you. And I said, well, how am I saying you know, I've thought about it like that. And so he was my greatest teacher. You know, he taught me what it is. And you know, and it's like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because I thought the jury wasn't out yet. It was too soon to see, I mean, how the kids was gonna turn out, you know, blah, 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 and all of that stuff. Well, you know, love makes them turn out all right. Mm-hmm. You know, then being in a place and, you know, you come home, if you got two dads and they, they got some cookies made for you and they, they, they're helping you with your homework, they're going up to the school, they help you to be a strong person in your own right. And just because two people raise children, that don't mean that the children are going to come up and be, uh, you know, so-called similar. I mean, I, I, and all of that and stuff. So, uh, yeah, my, is my, he, he was my greatest teacher, actually. And, I, and I'll always say that, I mean, because sometimes your children take you to places that you would never go. <laughs> right. But then you come out, and that's why I believe I'm going to do a segment like every six months, every, every, uh, every quarter about how to teach love. Mm. I believe parents can teach love, they'll teach hate. You have to choose what you're going to teach. That's right. And all of Hiram's brothers loved him because they knew I loved him. And I wasn't having anybody. And anybody who came to my house who didn't like gay people, they didn't want to call them names, they couldn't come back mm-hmm. because I wasn't having it. I was, I was going to stand up for love. And, uh, and long before all of this stuff was going on, like I said, they had lots of people coming in and out my house. Uh, <laughs> oh, and some of those people in spirit too, because when AIDS came out, a lot of people left there real early. You know, it wasn't a good, lot of good treatment. And then people was, and then the Reverend Hall, who I started Sojourner Truth, 
she was not lesbian. Okay, she started a, tooth, a church because gay people couldn't have no church to go to, uh, to go to, and then and then then the church wouldn't funeralize the people, mm-hmm. would not funeralize them, and then sometimes the families wouldn't even take the ashes, and so Reverend Hall did uh, did that. Uh, it was called Sojourner Truth, and she passed away, uh, and I kept that church going for them for six years. I've been, and then I learned it. All people have a chance to love God. Just because there's two people who live together the same time don't mean that they don't love God. Don't mean that they don't have gifts to bring. All people got gifts to bring. And you were talking about the people over in Israel, the Orthodox. Well, they're limiting, they're limiting knowing God in a deeper way. Right. Because you can't say you know who God is and hate other people. It is a mischaracteristic of knowing the spirit of the Most High. Because it's a spirit. We've never seen him. No. We've never seen this spirit. <laughs> You're right. And it is. It is absolutely about love. It, it absolutely is. And so uh, and and so your children, I mean, they test you. They do what <laughs> sometimes they make you cry. Sometimes they make you laugh. Sometimes you make you wonder why. But I tell you, <laughs> I tell you, I decided a long time ago that my children would be a blessing to me. Because you know what? When you have a lot of children, you can decide what you want. Mm-hmm. They could be a burden or they could be a blessing. Yeah. And I said I decided a long time ago that my children was gonna be a blessing to me. And they would be a blessing to me all the days of my life. I um and uh, and uh, and that's you know that's true. I'm not gonna say that I don't get heartburn. I yeah. tell a lot. You know, if you've been pregnant, you've had heartburn. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm Hiram's uh, you know, uh, and so naturally his brothers love him because their mother loves him. And I love them. And I love other people's children because I've had too many children in my house, you know, mm-hmm. too many of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's a lot of reasons why people call me Mama Harriet in this town. Yeah. Because some people, I mean, I, I feel like financial aids for people. I mean, I, you know, gave people, help people get their first bank accounts. All those things I've done for people. But I love them along the way. Mm-hmm. I love them along the way. So, uh, so I thank you for coming on here. Our time is. Thank oh, it means, let me see. You know, I mean, we don't have, but we'll always talk about Hiram because he's in the mix. You know, you yeah. know, it's like, hey, you know, and that that kind of stuff. But I thank you for talking about your trip. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure you'll be back on because you're just a you're just a popular person. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're popular, and it's okay. I mean, it's okay. Because you know you're transforming the world, and and it's a slow process. I mean, transformation and police accountability and and changing uh, cultures and changing ideas is not easy. No. And for one thing, you have to stay at the table. Most people take their marbles and go home. That's you right. You got to stay at the table. I've been out there for this is 33 years now. Yeah. You know? wow. I mean, uh, you know. So hey, but you got to stay. And you're still there. at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to stay there. This is beginning by ninth year on the air. And so like I tell people, you know, like I'm getting to say, look, if you missed the show, you're going to catch it on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Mother's Justice Show at 1150 AM, KKMW. I'm your host, Rem Walden, and I'll see you next week. Not next week, the week after next. <laughs>